there. We're so glad you tuned in today. We would love to hear how God is using this podcast to encourage you. You can do so by visiting our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. I want to talk to you this morning about a message that's on my heart, and I want you to get ready for this, because I believe that I'm going to give a statement that is important for you to hear. Are you ready for it? Somebody say, yeah. Yeah. I want you to hear this statement, and I want it to sit with you for a moment, and here it is. God wants to empower you to move beyond shame and regret and walk in spiritual freedom. I'm going to say it again. God wants you to empower you to move beyond shame and regret and walk into spiritual freedom. See, you might be living under a cloud of shame and regret today. I don't know what it is, but this word is for somebody listening online, listening on a podcast, sitting here in this room today. You might have this intention of just saying, you know, God doesn't like me anymore. Or God doesn't care about me anymore. Or there's something that I've uh, done or some place that I've been or uh, some action that I did 10 years ago. I still feel that pressure of guilt. Shame is a terrible motivator and a tyrannical master. Shame is a terrible motivator and a tyrannical master. Why am I saying that? I'm saying that because we know that there is an accuser of the brethren out there. Somebody know what I'm talking about? There is an accuser of the brethren found in Revelation 12, 11, where it says he is the accuser of the brethren. You know what that is? That is the, the enemy being a constant voice of shame in our lives. Maybe you're here in this room and you, 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 you tend to fade away in your faith sometimes. You walked away from God some years ago. Maybe just recently you just had some doubts. Listen, join the club. Everybody has doubts from time to time. Yes, even the pastor. Yes, even the believer for 10, 20, 30 years. Yes, everyone has doubts. You know what that just makes you? Human. There is a constant voice in this world. And that constant voice will tell you everything you've done wrong. We have to learn to separate out who from our do. Who you are, who you are, you, will, you can allow that to be shaped by what you do. Or you can allow his person, his character, his love, and his death to shape who you are. Did you get that yet? You can let your do shape your who, or you can, you can let what he did shape your character today. Some of you in this room, some of you listening right now, regret will often cover up today's joy with yesterday's pain. Are you hearing this? Some of you are allowing yesterday's pain to overshadow today's joy. And I want to tell you that joy is readily available to every person listening to me this morning. It doesn't matter where you are or where you come from. 
your shame shouldn't be bigger than your promise. Now, let me be very clear. I want to define shame from conviction. Let me be very clear. God will allow convictions to set in. He, he wouldn't be a good God if he didn't allow conviction to set in. He wants conviction to draw you closer to him. Conviction is God's way of picking us up. You did wrong. Come to me. You did wrong. Give yourself to me. Guilt is a weight that the enemy puts on believers, non-believers, and anyone in between to keep them down. Some weeks ago, uh, my wife and I got a chance to go to, a, they opened up one of our favorite stores, and, and I love Burlington. It's Burlington Coat Factory. I went there, uh, and I love that place, man. I find some treasures. Anybody ever find treasures in stores? Anybody hunt treasure hunters? What I, what I mean is you go shopping. Some of you are like, no, I've never found a treasure in my life. I said, well, what kind of pirate pastor are you? But you know what I'm talking about. You go to a store and it's stuff you don't like, right? You ever went to a store that's stuff you don't like? But then, ah, from a distance, you see it. That pair of shoes, it just caught my eye, right? And you run in slow motion. Then a five-year-old cuts in front of you. And you get your composure again, right? You ever you ever ran to a sale like that? Well, it was something like that. But I feel that thing two carts full of items. I remember I saw it at a distance. I said, ooh, that looks like fun stuff. You ever saw a rack full of, me, I'm a techie guy. I like techie stuff. So I saw this techie rack full of stuff and I went over there and I found, you know what I found? I found these ankle weights. These ankle weights. And I said, oh, I had these when I was a kid. And that you wear them right to train. And then when you take them off, you're like, you feel like you could run a thousand miles a minute. And so I was like, ooh, I found these. And they were like $5. Those things are expensive. You ever try to buy ankle weights? They're expensive. So I found them for $5. I grabbed it quick. I looked around. I'm like, is anybody else trying to snatch this? This is mine. I found it because it was the only one on the rack, right? So I went and I, I bought My wife looked at me. She goes, what do you got there? I said, it's weights. Just don't ask any questions. Let's just go buy. So I took them home. And my kids didn't know anything about it. My sons didn't know anything about it. I said, come here. I said, look at this. I said, Elijah, you know, we're training and Elijah's playing basketball and stuff. I said, Elijah, try this. And he put these weights on and he put it and then right there. I said, stay still. And I strapped the other one on. And he's like, whoa, these, you know, kind of wait. And he's like, what is going on? And, and so I'm like, these are ankle weights. If you run with these and you train with these, when you take them off, you're going to feel like you could jump to the moon, right? It's just all this. And so what happens, he strapped on these things. And the funny thing was I put it on my middle child, Josiah. And I said, Josiah, come here. And he, <laughs> he put them on and he was like, <laughs> I was like, wait, we got to take the weights off. Because listen, that weight, will drag you if it's too much. So I said, wait, I have to take some of that off because you're not prepared for... Come on, anybody know what I'm going with this? 
I had to take some of that off because it's, you're not ready for that kind of weight. So, come on, somebody, this is good preaching right now. I'm about to answer my own altar call. <laughs> so, I took out these weights, and he goes, Dad, this is awesome. And he's running. I'm like, he looked like we injured him somehow. Like he, and he's running. And I was like, go ahead and run around a little bit. I let him run around. And then I said, come here, Joe. And I took him off. I shot him off. I said, run, run, Forrest, run. He took off. He's like, he's like, dad, I am so fast. I said, why are you so fast? The weight was off. Friends, some of you in this room have not been able to run because you've been having weight you're not supposed to carry. You're not, weight that you're not prepared to carry. So when I talk about this message this morning, I want to bring a message entitled The Shame Breaker. The Shame Breaker. Because God wants to break you from the shame that has been put in your life. Listen to this quote. When God wants to do something in your now, the enemy wants to activate your yesterday. When God wants to do something in your now, the enemy will activate, watch this now, activate your yesterday. All of a sudden, you, gotta, you feel a call on your life to do something amazing for God. He'll start to say, oh, wait, 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 hold on. You want to do that? Remember that time you did this? You're not capable. There's that guilt. There's that chatterbox right in your ear telling you. But remember that time? You, you walked away. You're, not, you're, you're a fraction of what you used to be. Just stay away. Do you. Be you. Can I tell you something this morning? What God has whispered and promised and in purpose is the real you. Don't let anybody tell you different. God's promises are not, uh, are, are not something that God puts an expiration date on. You can turn to God right here, right now and say, Lord, you are the shame breaker and I refuse to walk and operate in shame. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? If you don't, just follow with me, even if uh, you're not quite there yet. Follow with me to Psalm. Grab your Bibles real quick. Turn or tap your weight to Psalm 32. Psalm 32. When you got it, say, I got it. Nobody got it. Psalm 32. Psalm 32. All right, we got a few that got it now. Psalm 32, verses 1 through 11. I'm going to read this. Blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven. Somebody say amen about that. Amen. Whose sins are covered. Blessed is the one whose sin, whose sin the Lord does not count against them and whose spirit is no deceit. Psalm 32, verse 3. Here we go. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away, though my groaning all day long. 
through my groaning all day long. Verse 4, for day and night your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped. Anybody ever had your strength sapped? Anybody ever said, I don't even have the strength to get out of bed? You ever have one of those feelings? You can be honest. We all have. And then here's a funny verse. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Come on. The heat can sap your energy. But I'm about to give you some promise. Are you ready? Then I acknowledged. Everybody say, then I acknowledged. Then I acknowledged my sin to you and did not cover up my iniquity. I said, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. And you forgave the guilt. Everybody say guilt. The guilt of my sin. Because sin carries guilt all the time. Listen to me. If you get anything I say this morning, get this one. Guilt comes with sin. You can't separate it. You can't separate guilt from sin. It comes with it. Now, there are people that sin and feel no guilt. At least they say, those are the people I'm very concerned about. Because they no longer allow the Holy Spirit to tell you, this is wrong. They shut out the Holy Ghost. And it's no longer that that is wrong. Guilt comes with sin. And it's not a question whether the guilt didn't come with sin. Well, if I don't feel it, the guilt didn't come with it. No, it's there. You're just insensitive to it now. You develop a spiritual callus and you no longer feel it. There's been so much rubbing of that sin in your life that now you can't feel it anymore. You know what I'm talking about? Because there are times in our life we've all been through that. Therefore, let all let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. That's praying to God. Surely the rising of the mighty waters will, will not reach them. You are my hiding place. You will protect me from the trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. I will counsel you with my loving eye on you. God has his eye on you, church. He has his eye on you. Somebody say amen. amen. You hear what I'm saying? He has his eye on you. I like what it goes on to say, do not be like the horse or the mule which have no understanding but must be controlled by a bit and a brittle or they will not come to you. And then I read verses 10 and 11 to open up our servants. Many are the woes of the wicked but the Lord's unfailing love surrounds the one who trusts in him. Rejoice in the Lord and be glad you righteous. Sing all of you with an upright Heart. I want to give you seven steps this morning, right here. Seven steps on the pathway beyond shame and regret. And they're quick steps. Be like, wow, that's a lot of points, Pastor. Are we going to be here all week? No, but listen closely. Number one, recognize God's goodness. If you're taking notes, Write this down. Recognize God's goodness. If you notice in verse 1 and 2, blessed is the one whose transgressions are forgiven. You need to recognize God. Recognize God. Before you pray anything, recognize God. Somebody recently asked me, I don't know how to pray. Well, what do I do? I gave them the joy uh, analogy. I said, Jesus, others, and you. The acronym joy, right? And I said, when you pray, Jesus is first. Lord God, help me. Help me to recognize who you are first. 
Then help others, Lord. Here are the people in my life that I want you to bless. And then the, the, yourself, the Jesus, others, and then you, right? That joy. When you pray for yourself, pray that God will give you passion and compassion. Passion for him and compassion for others. That you would always seek his will. So recognize God's goodness. Verse 1 and 2 did that. Blessed is the one who's, who, who is the Lord our God. Blessed is the one who doesn't count their sin against them. Blessed, blessed. Remember, the entire worldview is all about the world. God's biblical point of view is about God first. If God isn't first in your life and in your home, what is? Someone has to be first. If it's not God, then who? Whom? I'm not getting a lot of amens. Either I'm preaching good, too good, or I'm not making sense. I'm going to trust that this is truth. Because many of us, we go right to God with our list of things we need from him. Can I tell you something? Don't go to God first with list of needs for him. Go to God first acknowledging who he is. Your prayers will shift. Your priorities will shift. Your pain will shift. Your promise will become bigger. How many want bigger promises? How many want bigger pain? Okay, all of a sudden hands went down all across the place. No, don't trick me. Don't trick me. But sometimes through that pain, the promise gets bigger. Do you realize that? Sometimes that promise gets bigger because the pain that we went through allows us to see things we've never seen before. You are hidden in Christ with God. David called out by faith the God who forgives. Watch this. Number two, release your heart. Release your heart. Look at verse three. When I kept silent, my bones wasted away through my groaning all day long. For day and night, your hand was heavy upon me. My strength was sapped as in the heat of summer. Release your heart. Say, God, I'm releasing myself to you. Here I am. You want to get past shame? Start to acknowledge God. You want to get past shame? Start to re release. The first one was recognized. Second one is release. You're starting to release these things that are in your heart. Releasing your grip on your heart. Opening up to God. Some of you lost your faith recently. Virus has gotten your attention. Fear has gotten your heart. Patience has gotten the best of you. Hello? Certainly you're more concerned about who has masks or doesn't have masks and people going to hell. And you're very concerned about masks versus no mask. I'm not downplaying it. But I'm saying to you, there's a very real reality of eternity here. At least recognize that everyone has a soul and that everyone will stand before God one day. Are you as passionate about that? At least remotely close to it? That's a question I'll let you answer. Some shame is caused by actions and other times shame is caused by other people. Don't let other people dictate what you should feel bad about. Can I say that and still be pastor of this church? Don't let other people dictate what you should be ashamed about. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Follow his word. If that person is saying stuff that's in the word, that's not them, that's God. So just take out the middleman and say, well, maybe that's right. Right? Don't blame the person. And people get upset because you preach the truth. Don't get mad at me. I'm just preaching what God said. Right? 
And I realized that sometimes people just need to release their heart, say, God, show me what it is that sometimes I want to hold on to. How many of them that we can hold on to things that God never called us to hold on to? Yeah, I'll get to that in a few minutes. But it's important that we recognize and release. Third thing, repent. Straight up. Can I tell you, we can be a church that doesn't repent as much? The problem is that we cease to become his church. If there's no repentance in the house, how are we setting people free if we ourselves are in bondage? Am I going to give you the keys to your prison while I'm still in mine? Is that right? How am I going to... How am I going to validate you when I myself am stuck in my own cell? Repent. Turn to God. Right there, verse 5. Then I acknowledged my sin. Repent. That's simple. Pastor Tony, it's not that simple. You don't know what I've done. I don't. I don't know what you've done. And I don't know where you've been. I don't know your story or your history. I don't know your mess, but I know his message. I know what he said to me. And he said to me, repent. And that I do. Amen? Lord, help me. I'm not perfect. Every single day, you should be able to go to God and say, Lord, whatever it is that I'm doing today that's not of you, let me get it right. When you see your sinful choices and what they are, take ownership. Don't say, that woman you gave me, Lord. Come on, somebody. (laughs) That boyfriend you gave me, he didn't give them to you. (laughs) I don't know. Maybe he did. But you're full of bad choices. I don't know. But the truth is that, right? We want to blame somebody else. That's what I'm talking about. You want to pass the buck. No, just acknowledge that maybe you made a choice. And maybe, just maybe, you're not perfect. Maybe, right? At least maybe. Some of you are. No, you are. You are for sure. And you are, yeah. Maybe you are. Don't worry. You're perfect for me. Perfect for me. Thank you. I did that for a reaction from you. But, right, we want to push off everything. When we mess up, it's there. They did it. When, when something goes right, oh, it was me. <laughs> that was me. I did that. Nobody acknowledged me at work. Something happens good at work. Somebody else gets the credit. Let me ask you this question. By show of hands, without bitterness, like, and I say this seriously, without bitterness, how many have ever done something at work and someone else got the credit for it and you stood there going, wait, I did it? Come on, be honest. We may have an altar call for that at the end, but I'm saying. Some of you are like. (laughs) Right? That happens. There are times that other people get the credit. And you know what? It's okay. It's good practice. Because if we look at true biblical Christianity, I get the promise when he got the pain. Oh, that's good preaching, Pastor Tony. Thank you, Pastor Tony. We get the promise. He got the pain. He went through pain. I get the promise. That is a raw deal for him. But he loves us. And I can step back and go, thank you, God, that because of what you went through, I can receive that promise. I hope this is good. I hope this is some. Take ownership in your sin, but realize that you don't have to hold it. You don't have to hold the shame. The shame breaker is here. 
The shame breaker is present. You can stop what you're doing and say, God, I'm about to ruin my life if I continue in this route. I'm about to lose everything if I stay this course. But God, I need healing. But God. Number four, receive God's forgiveness. I start, they all start with R, just in case you didn't, you want to remember that a little bit. Receive God's forgiveness, verse six, therefore let all the faithful pray to you while you may be found. Can I tell you something? Look at me, everybody lean forward for a second. I'm going to tell you a secret. I'm going to tell you a secret. Ready? Are you leaning forward? Okay, you're not leaning forward. I see you. You're not leaning forward. Some of you are like, he's speaking figuratively. No, lean forward. I got something to tell you. Okay, thank you. Humor me. Now I forgot what I was going to say. Okay. You took so long to lean forward. I'm going to cast that on you. You see how we push that? No? Okay. Listen. It's very easy for you to hold on to things that are not you because pride is your motivator. God doesn't cancel your destiny because of your sin. But delayed disobedience is still disobedience. And you have to rectify that with him. The moment you genuinely repent, you put the train back on the tracks and you say, God, help me to break the shame in my life. Receive God's forgiveness. See, the devil knows you by your name but calls you by your sin. God knows your sin and calls you by your name. That's the God of this here Bible. The devil knows your name, but he calls you by the lies, deception, and the shame of your sin. God knows all of that, but still calls you by name. I said, say shame breaker with me. Shame breaker. He's in the room right now. The shame breaker is in the room because he doesn't call you by your sin. He calls you by your name. He calls you by your name. I knew God had a word for somebody this morning because there are a lot of things that went wrong before the service started. And I'm like, oh man, you must have hit this one, Lord. Because every time God is about to do something, the enemy does everything he can to trip you up. Some of you were in your bed this morning wondering if you should even get here. You were laying in your bed going, should I or shouldn't I? Should I wake up the kids? They're so quiet when they're sleeping. Hello? Am I preaching truth? All the parents are like, oh, Jesus, there's never been more truth in my life. Never been. But I'm glad you're here. Because I want to tell you, number five, if you want to move past shame and regret, renounce the lies. You need to say to yourself, to the enemy who's present, I am who he says I am. 
I will do what he says I should do. Come on, somebody. Y'all need to start talking back to me or I will keep going. I'll move from seven points to 17 in a jiffy. Renounce the lies. You are, watch verse seven. If you, in case you didn't know what was that, on the screen here, renounce the lies. Verse seven, you are my hiding place. You will protect me from trouble and surround me with songs of deliverance. You know what God does? He, he speaks promise to you. And when you receive that promise, you know what you're doing? In the same way, when you receive that promise, you renounce the lies in your life. Because you're receiving what God says and you replace what the enemy has said. You, you cast all that away and you cast it out and you say, I want what God has for me, not what man has for me. The devil calls you by name, by your sin. God calls you by your name. Number six, retrain your mind. Verses 8, 9, and 10, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Did you know that God's word retrains us how to think? Right? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? You know that in your head, but do you know that in your practice? So let me ask you this question. Seven days since we met, how many of those days have you purposely worked toward retraining your mind? In those seven days, how many times have you retrained your mind to think like Jesus? In other words, did you spend time with God and every one is one day, let's say one time a day? Has the last time you mentioned God or had anything to do with God seven days ago? If it was, then you're not training, you're surviving. You're not thriving. So, I eat every day. You eat every day, right? You put food in your body. You put fuel in your body to keep you going. The word of God sharpens our life in a way that nothing else can. Why would you wait seven days to eat again? You wouldn't do that typically unless you were fasting. But other than fasting, you wouldn't do that because you need that fuel. In your faith, your faith needs fuel. If your faith is dying, it's because you're starving it. If your faith is moving away, not every time, no. There's times we go through struggles. Listen, I'm not trying to downplay. Look at me. Everyone listen to me. I'm not trying to downplay struggle, but I am going to say that unless you fuel your faith, it's going to die. You have to do it. So you have to retrain your mind the way you should go. Watch this. The very fear, the very thing that fear seeks to separate us from, that's the voice of God, is inf infinitely more powerful and persistent than the threats that attempt to silence it. I'll say it again. The very thing that fear seeks to separate us from, the voice of the Lord, is in infinitely more powerful and persistent than the threats that attempt to silence it. Here's what I'm trying to tell you. God is bigger than any lie on any given day. God is bigger than any lie on any given day. No weapon formed against you will prosper, and anything that, that, that rises up against you shall fall. Number seven, rejoice. Some of y'all just need joy in your life. Some of y'all just plain old need joy in your life. Rejoice in the Lord, verse 11, and be glad, you righteous, sing all of you who are upright in heart. 
It's not just a matter of getting over temporary things in your life. It's a matter of realizing who he is. I'm going to have Caleb help me with something, this visual here. And I, w- I want to kind of put this, I'm a visual person. Raise your hand if you're a visual person. Some of you at home are a vis- visual person, visual person. Okay, so Caleb, come on up here real quick with these things. Maybe, maybe uh, you want to help him with some of those things, Elijah. And so sometimes I want to kind of visually put this out to you. Are you ready for this? So what happens is sometimes you go through your week and you pray and you seek God, right? And something comes at you and you think, you know what? I got this. Okay, I got it. Boom. It, ha- it came to me. I got it. I handled it. I handled it. Me and God, but mostly me, because I handled it. See, you can have obstacles come your way, right? And they'll come and you can handle it, right? And then something else comes your way and you're like, whoa, oh, good. I had a free hand. I'm good to go. I got these things coming my way. My hands are free. I'm good to go. And so I go about life and I'm like, I got this. I'm going to just, you know, pray a little bit here today and pray a little bit there. But then when something comes your way, you don't expect it. Something else comes your way. You're like, okay, whoa, 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 okay. I got this though. Not too bad. Not too bad. I got my hands still good to go. I can still, I can still praise him. I can still praise him. I can still drink. Okay, no, I'm not going to try that one. I can still do stuff, right? I, I can still operate, but then something else comes your way, right? And so something else comes your way. You're like, oh, I can juggle it. Look at that. Sweet daddy. So now I'm going through my life, right? I'm going through my life and I'm figuring things out. I'm figuring out. Now I know how to job multitask. I multitask. That's what I do, pastor. That's what I do. I do my whole life. I'm a single mom. I multitask. That's what I do. You know, I have a lot of things going on in my life. It's what I do. It's what I do. And so all of a sudden, this pride starts to set in, right? And so all of a sudden, we're like, oh, something else comes your way. You're like, oh, hey, all right. It's going to get a little different. And so, you know, got it going on. Things going well. We're carrying. We're catching. And so we're catching again. We're ca- oh, I got that one. Got, got that going on here. Do you know why I have a wireless microphone in my head now? Okay, so... <laughs> I literally have an itch. I can't scratch it. I worked that into the illustration. And so sometimes you have an itch you can't scratch because you got so much in your hands, right? And so, okay, so, so I got, now, now, now things are getting tricky, right? Because I got a lot of things, but man, I, I, I just, I got this. I got this going on, so go ahead. And so we got, an, oh, I'm so, oh, darn it. And so, all right, so then, all right, so, all right, I got this. So, okay, okay, darn. All right, so all right, I'm not able to, I'm not, I'm, okay, hold on, I got this, okay, so, so I got it going on, and no, 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 this is all part of it, so, because my idea is I need to hold on to as much as I can hold on to. There's some things I drop, but they're not that important, right? They're not that important, and so I got stuff going on, okay, so now some little things start coming, some little, start little things, okay, no, I didn't get that one, so little things, little things, little things, so, hey, I got that little one there, and so now it's getting increasingly difficult to operate because I got so much that I'm trying to juggle in my life right and so again again we got something there oh no I'm chasing I'm chasing I'm chasing other things I'm chasing all these things I can't seem to get it and I get frustrated why because because I'm full of shame I'm full of shame if I, if I drop stuff now I'm starting to feel shameful I'm starting to feel like I can't do this and stuff starts falling and you know what God says I can't operate like this just decide, I can't. I can't do it all. You know what the essence, you know what the essence of all of this is? Chaos, rooted in pride. And you know what I learned this week? Pride is not the opposite of shame. 
It's the source. Pride is not the opposite of shame. It's the source. True humility comes when we say, Lord, I humbly let everything at your feet. There's a lot of, a lot of ways that we could try to chase this. See, I could have leaned over and maybe picked something up, but you know, at the end of the day, you know what's true? From the smallest to the bigger things in our lives, nothing, nothing in this world can be handled completely by us. We have to let go of the shame in our life. So I'm asking the worship team to come, come on up here and for a moment. And I'm asking you to bow your heads right where you are, whether you're at home or whether you're here in this room. I want you just to bow your heads for just a single moment right now. As Caleb begins to play something here in the background, he listen to me closely. There's nothing in this world that God wants more than to take your shame and break it. But you gotta let go. In our lives, we have all these different elements, all these different things. You gotta dismiss the idea that somehow you're gonna be able to figure it all out by yourself. You can juggle and juggle and juggle all you want. But if you don't let go of the, of the things you're trying to hold on to, guilt and shame of your inability will replace the joy God has for your now. Remember what I said earlier? That a lot of times what replaces our joy today is the enemy's attempt to remind you of your pain yesterday. Did you hear that? Your pain yesterday tries to be the focus. So today decide in one way or another that you would let go of everything and just say, God, everything is yours. Amen? Would you, be, would you just bow your heads again just one more time all across this place? We love you, Lord. My prayer is that we love you more than yesterday because today I want to grow. Today I want to follow. Today I want to walk in your truth. Today I want to walk in your promises. Today I want to walk in all that you have for me. So today, let your Holy Spirit move. Let us release the shame, the regret, the doubt, all of those things. Lord, it's very easy to feel overwhelmed. But today we release all the shame. Shame breaker, come. Shame breaker, come.